For the month of February, we have a theme on the Beyond Boundaries podcast. The theme is LGBTQIA faith, stories, and theology. Over the last month, I have had the privilege of meeting with some amazing people. Gathering around a microphone, I was able to capture their journeys. The stories are full of joy and hope, while some are full of sorrow and pain. This month is going to be raw and emotional for many of you. I know it was and is for me. My hope is that we can all grow in compassion, understanding, and love for the LGBTQIA community this month as we listen. At Q Conference last month, there was an open share time where individuals could come up and share their journey and their story. It was a very emotional time as many, many people shared the pain of rejection from family and their faith communities. I spent most of the time holding back tears, but there was a moment where I couldn't hold back my tears any longer, and that was during Levi and Christy's time of sharing. After the share time, I met Levi and asked if he and Christy would like to record an episode of the podcast with me and share their story and experience with the Beyond Boundaries audience. Levi and Christy both agreed, and we recorded this podcast. This episode gets very emotional at times. There are long pauses here and there. I could have edited them out, but instead of doing that, I left them. I left them because they communicate the emotion of the moment, the difficulty in forming the words of the reality they experienced. Maybe you've been there before. It's a raw, real place. Also, I would like to ask for a little bit of grace. There's a couple moments in the podcast where I forget the timelines of either Levi's story or Christy's story where like I ask a question again that maybe I asked earlier in the podcast. That's really due to the fact that this is Sunday, the last day of the uh, conference, and I'm pretty tired. (laughs) So um, just have a little grace for that. I am so thankful for Levi and Christy and their openness and willingness to be vulnerable with all of us. So here it is, my conversation with Levi and Christy. I am here with Levi and Christy, and uh, we're going to chat. Levi and Christy, you want to just share a little bit about each of you guys? Yep. So um, we are cousins. Um, Our dads are brothers. And I am 18 years old. I just graduated high school in December and have been going to college for a couple semesters. Um, And what about you? Hi, I'm Christy. I, Levi, like Leo, I said, we're cousins. Um, I grew up with a Baptist minister, pastor, dad, uh, and I was homeschooled, big family, like very conservative. But I went to a Christian camp when I was in, just out of high school and met a girl I liked, and uh, we started dating secretly and. Mm. Um, for about a year and a half I did that and my parents started to catch on I had to come out to them and um, I went through about a week of like just trying to get away from them because they tried to uh, stay in control over me but I eventually I eventually got away I left in the middle of the night when everyone was sleeping and went to be with my girlfriend who I just married a year ago, so. Congrats. Yeah. Um, yep, that's the yeah. beginning of my story. Wow. <laughs> so last night you guys were in the open share time and it was pretty powerful altogether the, the entire time. 
we're at Q Conference and uh, the Saturday night session uh, is just open mic and anybody can come up and share. And you two came up and shared. And it was emotional for me the whole time. But your guys' story, tears are flowing for me. Uh, and that doesn't really happen a whole lot for me. Like, I've, I'm pretty uh, connected to some pretty heartbreaking stuff. But for you guys, I don't know why. There was just something that, like, really connected with your guys' story. Probably because I was also homeschooled. And I know what it's like to be in a conservative bubble. Um, and I couldn't imagine what it would have been like had I um, identified as LGBT and been in yeah. that particular context uh, and the, the difficulty and um, conflict, not just within my family potentially, but also within my community and yeah. pretty much all the, all the friendships and relationships that I have at church and, and, and beyond. So can you guys speak a little bit uh, just maybe even like what you said last night, because I thought it was really powerful. Um, you each kind of gave a little bit of your own stories and also what cues meant to you in this community. And yeah, I just really enjoyed it kind of hear. I think everybody would enjoy to hear that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so my coming out journey um, sort of stretched a lot longer period of time. I realized that I was gay and within like, six months of that, around the age of 13, I came out to my parents and came out to my older siblings. My parents told my grandparents, um, you know, word spread. And next few years of my life, I learned how to come out to people and how to deal with that in a social setting, especially having a lot of conservative friends, a lot of homeschooled friends. Um, definitely got asked a few times when coming out to somebody like, well, what, why are you gay? Like, as if, as if at some point I was like, well, you know what? I think I'd like to be gay. Um, <laughs> I think I'd like my family to, um, you know, never come to my wedding. And I just chose that. And so I had to deal with a lot of different questions from people in my community, from my, my family even, at times that felt offensive, or, or just definitely the wrong questions mm. to ask. Um, but through it all, especially with having Christy and the two of us having a connection that has been able to make us honestly in many ways more family than we have with yeah. anybody else in the family mm. um, has just empowered us. Um, to know our place in, in this story yeah. and see what kind of things God can do with us. How did your parents handle when you came out to them? What was that like? So when I came out to my parents, I was very non-affirming and um, at least on the face and I tried to talk like that. I think deep down I always felt like I accepted myself because I understood that the part of myself that was gay, that was queer, was not a part of myself that equated to sin. Mm. I just knew that those were two different things in my heart. Mm. Um, I knew that my queerness was a state of being, and the way that I acted in that was what could result in sin. Okay. And so, I, and, and yet... I still put on this face of, of unacceptance towards people that made people more comfortable with me as yeah. a person and as a friend. 
How did your parents even receive that, though? Because that would have been probably still yeah. a little bit of a shock, right? Because your your dad's a pastor too, right? You're yeah. Both, both your dads are pastors, and like yeah. you have a long lineage of pastors yeah. in your yeah. family, and it's a pretty conservative. Yeah. Pastor tribe, right? I guess would be fair to say. Yeah. So there was a lot of tears, um, and at first they asked questions like, "Do you have any um, like gender dysphoria?" or gender confusion. They asked um, if I had ever been abused as a child because those were just the things um, that they thought were the story for every queer person. Mm. Um, And a lot of that initial um, subtle and not-so-subtle homophobia, they've gotten over. They got over, like, within within days of me coming out to them because they just had to deal Mm. with it. Um, but those things still lie and, and, and undergird a lot of the conversations that happen. How, how would you describe your relationship now with your parents? Um, I think it's probably the best that it has been, um, which is awesome. They are happy for me and the relationship that I have with God. Um, and they are happy that I feel close to God, but they still hold to this idea that once I get Christian enough, God's going to switch me or I'm going to realize that the whole time I should be celibate and single and that kind of thing. And so it's been tough because we have a lot of arguments about that. We have a lot of arguments about my affirming church and what they believe because my parents pretty much believe that that church has thrown out the Bible and doesn't care Mm. um, what God has to say about any of this. So we've had a lot of arguments about that, um, even arguments about, like, me having a woman pastor and Mm. and things like that. Um, But there is more understanding in the relationship, and I think there's only going to be more understanding cultivated in the future. Okay. Christy, how about you? You want to share a little bit of what you shared last night, and then I'll just kind of ask questions as we go. Yeah, so um, I think last night I talked about how um, I have an affirming church at home. I have a really good community where I am, but when I when Levi invited me to the conference, I was like, I don't I don't know. <laughs> um, it, it'll probably just be like my church. But when mm-hmm. I came here, it was so different from anything I've experienced before, and I found a place where I can like really be my full self. And it's weird to say that because every place that I'm in now at home is fully accepting of who I am but um, just being in a community of people who really gets me like we, a lot of us have come from the same background and have experienced a lot of the same things and we all have unique but similar stories and I've just been encouraged to live more authentically, I think. And that's something that's been really hard for me because 
my parents still will tell me that they are praying for me to find Jesus, even mm. though I'm a member at a church and I am a Christian and I say that I'm a child of God, they still act like I'm not. And that's the thing that is the most hurtful for me. I feel like if they were just able to acknowledge that I'm a Christian but still disagree with me about the way I live, um, I would feel better. But because they've because they have kind of, um, they don't see me as family in Christ. And, yeah. um, but that's the hardest for me. But when I come here, it's, it's like a family. Yeah. And yeah. Would you, what was it like coming out to your parents? Cause you probably knew it seems like Levi was a little more. Did you did you come out first, or did Levi come out first? It, um, I think we came out around the same time, okay. but didn't really talk to each other about it. Um, so when I came out, it was my parents had suspected it. Okay. At first, and um, I felt like I kind of was forced to come out to okay. them, but okay. um, I didn't really know from a young age. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I, I feel like I was just so like sheltered and repressed that sure. I didn't even have the opportunity to know my sexuality. So, um, I, when I first like started having feelings for another girl, it was like I, I thought that I could change that and I could stop and. Um, I was depressed for a while because I was having such a hard time, like, reconciling my faith and my sexuality because it was, it was not something I thought could be. And I knew that, I knew that people, <laughs> um, were gay and Christian and I found them like I found the gay Christian network online and um but to me it was just like because of the way I was raised like that can't be that that's impossible and so when I finally decided to leave it was for me I just left everything I left my church I left yeah. my faith how old were you when you left I was 19 and um, when you left, um, how far, how long had surpassed from the time you came out? Was it like a week, a month, a year? Like, it was about a week. Oh, about um, a week. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so it was fresh, and it was pretty. Yes. You, you were in a pretty pressure cooker type situation, I would guess. Like, what can you explain to some people? So, I think it's really good to get context for how some parents respond. Right. Not in any way to belittle your parents that's not what I would want to do but more to understand the the severity that some people in the LGBTQ community go through as they come out and um, yeah can you share a little bit about what made you last night you had said it wasn't a safe place how, how yeah. what were you experiencing during that week so when I first told my mom my mom was the 
only parent at home when I came out. Um, I told her I was going, I was going to go away to visit my friend because that's what they knew my girlfriend as at the time. And, um, they basically told me I wasn't allowed to go see her anymore because at this point they, they were concerned about it. And so when they told me I couldn't, I just decided to go anyway. And I told them I was going and that's when my mom said, like, are you dating her? And so I told her I was. And, like, at that point, she just, like, lost control of herself and um, became very angry and physically aggressive. And I won't go into detail about it, but okay. um, that was very scary for me. And... Yeah. Um, I didn't know what to do because I still felt like I was still under their control. And I was. My dad had been away for the weekend, but he came back early because my mom called him and told him to come home. And um, he came home and took away my my car keys to the car that I owned. And, and he took my phone every any way that I had to communicate with the outside because they were they thought that they were trying to protect me. And they even, they treated me like I was an addict that needed intervention. Mm. And they, like, got my older siblings together and actually had an intervention for me. And they, like, put me under all this um, surveillance, basically. Um, they would drive me to work and... Um, through this whole time like I, I I pretended to go along with what they wanted because that's what I felt like I had to do to earn enough of their trust back yeah. um, so I could leave and eventually they did give me my phone and things back and um, I talked to my girlfriend and told her that I was going to leave and mm. so um, Christy I'm so sorry <laughs> How did that planning go? So you just decided a night you were going to get up at midnight and leave in the middle of the night? And, like, that's, like, that, I, the strength that you have and the bravery you have to, to do that at 19, I mean, in the, in the situation that you were in with the knowledge you had and being sheltered in the way you had been, tell us a little bit about that night, like, as you're going through yeah, so fortunately, I had a safe place to go to. Um, my yeah. girlfriend lived with her brother, her older brother, who um, they had an apartment, and he was a, a good person, yeah. accepting and everything. But um, it was just, like, I knew I had a way to get out, and I had a place to go, but making myself do that and knowing that my parents would wake up the next morning and I wouldn't be there... And feeling the shame about that. Um, yeah. I, but I knew I had to because I couldn't. I couldn't pretend to be something I wasn't, and um, I couldn't let someone else control my life like that. So I had 
like I felt like I had one um, one chance to get away, so I like packed a couple bags that I could carry with me, just like sneak out to my car while everyone was sleeping and try to leave as quietly as possible. And like the whole time, my heart was racing. It was like an adrenaline rush the whole like three hour trip down to where I was going to live and I finally made it there and I was safe and I never felt that like that safe feeling before um but I look back now and I know that God was with me that night and even though I didn't really believe in God (laughs) at the time um but God has always been watching out for me, and I can see that mm. now. Um, how long? How long ago was that? That was in 2014, so almost okay. almost five, five years, years ago in the spring. How would you describe your relationship now um, with God? Um, so after I moved out, I went through about I went through a couple of years of just like total atheism to like um, Mm -hmm. being kind of agnostic about it and then I actually found a really great church that was um, it started out of another church because um, one of the pastors was queer and had to leave Mm. and so they left and started a new church and um that church started like a year after I left home so it was like the perfect like everything worked out for me um, to find that church at the time that I did and those people when I walked into that church were it felt like I was with family immediately like like when I came to the conference too um, and those people have been looking out for me for the past couple of years that I've been a member there, so. Because your view of God was attached to so much, right? Like yeah. that, that probably took a lot of yeah for me healing, right, to go through. Yeah, it, as a kid, like I always just listened to my parents, and my dad was my pastor, and I didn't have that many spiritual voices in my life that weren't my family. So I think even just being able to break away from that was helpful for me because I wasn't seeing God through the eyes of my parents anymore. Yeah. And God became real to me and um and I'd had like spiritual experiences before like I was a very spiritual person. I loved worshiping and um I went to camp, of course, and yeah. um so I always felt like I was close to God before, but it was it was different because I wasn't bringing my whole self to God. Yeah. I think. Um, so. Yeah. Um, Would you? Uh, you said you you're married, right? Yes. Did you uh, marry your uh, girlfriend at the time then? From, uh, yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, wow, that's a, how was that process uh, as far as, like, your family's aware of that? How yeah, um, they knew about it. Um, <laughs> I knew they wouldn't, 
want to be invited or anything, so yeah. I didn't invite them. And I had a very small wedding. It was in my apartment. Okay. <laughs> my sister-in-law actually married us, and um, Levi, were you able to be there? I wasn't. Okay. Um, we had talked about doing it, um, doing it at a time when I was like out or or just more accepted and able to go there for that um but I threatened to wear an all denim suit at one point I think (laughs) and she said that uh, Lydia wouldn't let me go so (laughs) and it also didn't work out with my parents I understand Um, so I never I I didn't get to go there Um, but I heard all about it were any of your your family there Christy um uh my girlfriend my wife her Two siblings were there, that um, the one we lived with and her sister. Any so, family on your side? No. No. Um, none of my family, except except for my cousin Levi, of course, um, yeah. on that side is He's accepting even, it all. So. Yeah. Wow. Um, well, I I want to thank you for sharing your story last night and right now, Levi. I want to ask you a few more questions. You said you're you're going to be coming out publicly soon is that what you like in in February I think you had said yeah in February um I'll have a series of blog posts I started writing one long um coming out blog post and then kind of abandoned that like last spring um wouldn't have been a time that I could have come out so I was just writing it for the way future like can you can you share why it wouldn't have been a time can you share why it wouldn't have been a time to come out I at that point, I, I I just didn't have the kind of acceptance in the home that I was living in okay. to be able to be honest with the world and and continue living there. And yeah. so, and so I wrote that that first uh, draft because I just I just wanted to think about the day that I could tell sure. people. You know? Yeah. Um, and then over a mission trip that I went on on the summer. A lot of times that I would get away, I was just ruminating on all of this stuff with my church and with my parents, and I started just on my phone writing out the first draft, and it came to be about 7,000 words, Wow! so I realized I couldn't just post that and expect people to read all of that in one sitting, so I started splitting it up. um, Realized that if I could split it up into seven different parts, then I could make each one somehow stand with a different color of the rainbow. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, so that was just a little bit of, like, a joke, a joke with myself that I wanted to have. So I um, started planning those all out. And really the reason to do it in a more memoir way and less um, Hello World, I Am Gay is because I wanted people to see the context of the story I didn't want people to be able to dismiss what I had to say because they found one quick hole in it. I wanted them to have to read it and understand it and feel my pain and empathize with me and, and feel a little bit of that, um, similarity with their own experience, whatever Mm -hmm. that was, and realize that what I was saying was genuine and, and needed to be heard. And so... And so I have all of those blog posts 
lined up. They're actually scheduled because I just I didn't want anything to happen to them, so I just scheduled them out. And um, what's your blog if people want to go check it out? Um, it is my name um, at dot com. So it's levipierpont dot com. L e v i p i e r p o n t. And and so throughout February, I'll be sharing that. And I am fairly scared about the way that people are going to receive it. Um, everybody at the place that I work is super sweet and accepting to me. Everybody at the place where I go to church is super sweet and accepting to me. Where I live, really accepting, affirming family. Um, tons of school friends at the community college that I go to that are kind to me. But I know that a lot of these people that I was that I was I was friends with growing up. Um, I really don't know what their reaction is going to be and the kind of things that they're going to say. So I'm yeah. a little bit scared about that. Are you still pretty connected to your homeschool community that you grew up in? Um, more, more people, um, some people more than others. Yeah. Um, typically, the more accepting people okay. I, still, I still will hang out with and plan things with. And that's one thing that I've actually thought about is, like, which of these people are going to stop coming to the things that I plan when they're like, oh, he's gay. Like, and which of those people already know and, and already might accept me, and I don't even realize that. You know. So some people do know you're gay. Yeah. So this is more of like a public coming out. You've come yeah. out to some, your, fa- your family you've come out to mm-hmm. and some other people. Yeah. So it's probably that, like, who knows who doesn't know, and this is kind of yeah. going to just settle it. Exactly. So it's kind of been a topic of gossip for a while. Um, People coming to me and being like, okay, is this true? And me having to have that conversation with them. And so I was keeping a list for a really long time of everybody that I knew, knew about it, including people that I had just suspected had heard from somebody else. And um, I think by the time, yeah, mentally, right. And emotionally, by the time I stopped keeping track of that list, it was probably at least like 175 people. And so the goal of coming out on my blog is just to be like, all right, now there's no secret. Yeah. Now there's no gossip. You yeah. can just go find the link, read it, like yeah. read it for yourself. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Do you, um, you anticipate a little bit of pushback when you do that from your family or from, from just potential friends or just it's the, the, the fear of the unknown a little bit? Is that kind of what yeah. you're expecting? Um, I'm planning on having a period I don't know how long of silence of just letting it settle with people and not replying to whatever people say and also making sure that the public forums that I share that in like Facebook that nobody can leave something negative like I'm just gonna keep any kind of negative thing from being a public comment sure because I don't I don't need that right now in my journey yeah and so I really have no idea how my family is going to take that. I've talked to them about it. They don't know exactly when, but they know that it's something that I want to do. Yeah. And so um, they told me at one point that they were okay with me coming out as gay because they weren't ashamed of me. Okay. Um, but I couldn't come out as affirming because then I would be spreading a false doctrine and they couldn't support me in their household. And so that's why as soon as I moved out, I started thinking about when can I do this and get it over with. So I'm honestly expecting either a lot of silence from my family uh. or a little bit of 
or a lot of emails and, and texts and things like that. So you're kind of like coming out for a second time to your family because you came out as same-sex attracted, right? But now you're coming yeah. out as like affirming of that reality yeah. in, in yourself yeah. and that that's not, that your same-sex attraction is not sin. And yeah. being in a loving monogamous relationship mm-hmm. where you defined one or if you're in one now. Yeah. In, in, I'm assuming this post would be like that. That I don't see that as sin anymore, mm-hmm. even though that's the tradition yeah. I grew up in. Is that is that kind of the and you, yeah. you your parents have kind of made it clear that that's a false doctrine. And yeah, yeah. Wow. So a lot of people know that that's where I stand, but this is just going to explain it in in the best sure. way that I can, and try to put it in a light that's easy to understand. How has your faith evolved through this process? How long ago did you come out to your parents? Um, Probably four and a half, five years ago. So, yeah, because that's right, because you guys were right around yeah. the same time. So, and how old are you? I'm 18. 18. Yeah. So, you, you came out around like 13, 14. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And, uh, and are, you're not living with your parents now? Uh, no. I moved in with a really accepting family from my homeschool community. Okay. That I just somehow found um, through chance, like somebody. Somebody told me that they might be a family that would be accepting of me, and so I talked to them, and they asked me how they could help me, and okay. they told me that they could give me a room, and I was like, I think okay. that's going to be best for this time of my life right now. How long ago did you move in with them? Um, that was just um, about a month ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's, it's still very okay. fresh, um, but it feels like home, like so, sure. so quickly, and... I actually was planning to move in with them, like, the first um, Sunday in the new year. Okay. And then um, things happened that just made me decide that I wanted to sure. be done with that and move out sooner, so I did. So I would assume that move is part of what's giving you some of the ability to be honest about your theology yeah. now, publicly? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, uh, yeah, tell me a little bit about over the last five years since 13, 14 to now, how your relationship with God has evolved as you've explored your sexuality and the theology of sexuality. Yeah. Um, I might get emotional during this part. That's fine. Um, when I first came out, I thought that I would have to live a, a celibate single life and, and just deal with that because that's what I was told. That's what everybody... I trusted told me and I heard about gay Christians but I heard quick rebuttals from the people that I listened to and and thought okay they don't they don't know what they're talking about and so at that point um, it had been a while since I had really felt the presence of God and the love of God and so um, I struggled with a lot of belief in God, not even necessarily tied to my um, sexuality and the way that I re- relate to people romantically, but really just, I'm not sure if you like me. I'm not mm. sure if you exist. And um, I actually did come out on my blog at one point as agnostic. And the church people embraced me and cared for me and prayed for me. And it was one of the best things that ever happened for me and I just knew within like months of posting that that God existed and I didn't know why still didn't feel God's love for me still didn't feel God's um, specific affection for me Mm. personally but I just knew that he existed 
And so then over time, um, I just continued to pursue that presence wherever I could find it. And, and it just felt like silence. I went on a mission trip and, um, it was done with a group just in, in Wisconsin (laughs) and we were in a big, um, Christian school and they set up a cross and they said, you know, come and, and pray and just in front of this cross. And, um, it was just kind of a final day experience and, I went there and I was like, I am not going to get off my knees until I feel God's presence again. And I sat there and I prayed and I cried. And then I just kind of forget about things and then I come back to my body and feel mindful and realize what I felt and realize why I was there and start crying again. And then I just kind of rest and forget about it all. And then I realize why I was there and cry again until finally I gave up because I couldn't I couldn't reach God and now I see that if God had showed God's self to me then then I would have detached God's presence to a doctrine that told me that God didn't love me as he made me Mm. and God was waiting until I was ready to accept God's love for me mm. as God made me to show me yes that's who I made and that's who I love and so this last summer um, I went through a lot of drama to be frank with my church um, a good deal of it was spurred on by things that I did and so it wasn't really their fault in any way um, but they did a lot of hurtful things and had a lot of meetings to talk about me and the pastor met with me and it was the senior pastor. Um, my dad is a worship pastor and and it was just a lot of drama and at some point I decided I'm not coming back to this church. And so I started going to kind of the local mega church for a little bit but knew that they weren't affirming so I didn't really want to make that my church home. And finally ended up at the local um, Congregationalist United Church of Christ. And that period of time that I had left my church and was still finding another church home, I felt just the absolute comforting presence of God in a way that reminded me of of before I had known that I was gay Mm. and before all of that had come into my life. And I just rested for a few weeks in this knowledge that God loved me as God had made me. And I didn't have too many people that I was close with that I could um, be with. And whereas before I had had this thirst for human interaction and being with people and this need to get away from myself and forget everything that I was struggling with by being around other people, suddenly that was gone and I could just be alone with God and that was okay. And so that has been, that, that has changed my life this year. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that, Levi. I want to give you each kind of a final word if you have anything to say to anybody who might be listening to this. I would assume there's going to be a broad audience that hears this. Some people who maybe are 
side A and side B and some people who are um, haven't even considered the conversation quite honestly and so yeah any closing words you guys have for them um, to anyone who might like relate to my story I just hope that you find people who accept you just as you are whether you accept yourself or not because those are the people that brought me back to God and if it weren't for them I don't know if I would be here at this conference or even um, alive today um, the allies that I have are the most important relationships in my life so if you can find an ally and if you can be an ally exactly yeah. um, so the people who are who would identify with um, side B a non-affirming approach to this I would just say love the people in your life that are going through this and and don't make them feel like every conversation with you is them having to figure out how you feel about them. Um, once somebody knows what you believe about them theologically, they don't need to hear that over and over and over again. And if you can't be in their life because of your theology, then, then separate yourself. But if you can do anything, just love them. Because we know that that's what Jesus wants of us, is just to love people. And if you have somebody in your life they need that love just as much as as you would growing up and it can be it can be horrible for a kid to have rejection from all of these people simply because of the way that that they feel about this and the way that they feel about their sexuality and romanticism and so mm. if you are on side A or if you're a kid just growing up like this is honestly a podcast that I would have found as like a 13, 14 year old and listen to. And so if you're listening to this and you're in, um, you're in a place where you're not safe emotionally or physically, um, just be encouraged that there, this is going to get better. Mm. Um, and God does love you. And God's going to prove that to you because we are all on journeys and and God is directing that whether we know it or not whether we know what God is doing or not and God is working in our lives and God is going to bring you to a place where you can finally feel close to God Levi, Christy, thank you so much and thank you both for just your courage and bravery and being willing to be open about your story because I think it's going to be encouraging to many people. Thank you, guys. Thank you for allowing us to share. Yeah, thank you. Another episode in the books. I want to thank Levi and Christy for being open and sharing their journeys. Please go visit Levi's blog and read more about his experience. You can go to levipierpont.com. That's L-E-V-I. P-I-E-R-P-O-N-T dot com and we'll also have that link in the show notes send some love and encouragement his way in the comments as this season of publicly coming out has been an anxious season for him Q
keep Levi and Christy both in your prayers as they continue to grow in their faith and heal from their experience. Pray for their families as well, that reconciliation might be possible. I still believe all things are possible with God. So who knows what amazing stories of beauty, love, grace, and restoration might be possible in the future for Levi and Christy. It was great to have you with me today on the Beyond Boundaries podcast. If you want to learn more about me or find the show notes for this episode, you can go to pastorjustindouglas.com. You can interact there with feedback, comments, and questions, or you can reach out via Instagram. I'm at Pastor Justin Douglas. Please consider subscribing, rating, reviewing, and sharing this podcast episode because it really does make a difference. So if you like this podcast episode, share it on your Facebook page, share it on your Instagram, let people know about it. May you go and live a life that is beyond boundaries, giving others love, exploring new ideas, and championing 